Welcome to the Weekly Standard Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Graham. Always thrilled when I can dragoon Michael Warren into the podcast studio, which he absolutely hates to talk to you about what's going on. Because you'd rather chase down leads up on Capitol Hill, right? That's or at the White House. You know, I'm I'm, I'm all over the place. Shoe leather reporting is what I'm doing. Any place there's an open bar, you'll find Michael Warren sniffing out <laughs> hey the latest story. So how is the, are we calling it the Ryan plan? What are we calling this current, in the passing committees in the House, Obamacare repeal and replace plan? What's the name for well, it? Well, it's not Trump care. Uh, we've been Trump. Infor- reliably informed of that by uh, Sean Spicer and the White House. Interesting, right? This is a, a guy who really made his money not in building things, but on putting his name on on buildings and other things, and uh, they're sort of keeping this at arm's distance. Um, so maybe it's Ryan Care, GOP Care, Republican whatever it is, it's kind of a mess. And the White House is ostensibly and sort of verbally said they're behind this bill. Right. They're just not doing really anything to get people on board for it. What do you mean? I mean, uh, they have a problem, which is, okay, all the Democrats in the House are voting against it. That's just baked into the the arithmetic. The Freedom Caucus, the most conservative members in the House, uh, that group is basically all sort of saying, we're endorsing the Rand Paul plan. We're not interested in this bill. Maybe they can pick off enough of those House members to get that majority in the House. But then they've got another problem in the Senate, which is you've got, got several members of the Republican conference saying, we're not going to vote for this, at least not in the way that it's written currently. And so do you do you agree with the people who say that one way or another, Paul Ryan ha- can shove this thing through the House with his 219, just as a certain previous massive health care plan was shoved through a certain legislative body in 2009, 2010? By a certain Speaker of the House. <laughs> uh, yeah, prob- I mean, maybe. I don't know. I mean, it's, it, Is it, Ryan going to tell us we have to pass it so we can find out what's in it? Is that the plan? We're, we're not there yet, Michael, but it does feel <laughs> that way. Um, I, I would say that there's, y- y- yes, I mean, I, I think... The conventional wisdom is that he can do this, um, but the White House isn't making it any easier for him. I get the sense that they're not really doing much in, in terms of twisting arms. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I'm trying to figure out if if the White House, any of its uh, you know, sort of Hill outreach folks, whether that's Vice President Pence, whether that's their Legislative Affairs Office, whether that's Gary Cohn, the National Economic Council uh, uh, director, who is uh, supposedly spending a lot of time of, on Capitol Hill, are they actually trying to? convince skeptical Republicans, hey, listen, maybe it's not the best. Maybe we can figure something out better in the Senate, but you've got to vote for it in the House. That's not where the momentum is, and they don't seem to be doing anything, at least as far as I can tell, in that direction. And that's a problem. Like you, This is basic right. politicking in Washington. Well, one of the things I've heard from Trump allies is, oh, come on, Trump loves to sell, and this is the chance to sell, and he didn't tweet all weekend long <laughs> right. because he's having too much fun selling this health care bill and getting this first key legislative victory that he needs. You're not hearing that in your reporting? No, um, and that doesn't mean it's not happening. Um, sure. You know, th- this is something uh, they might want to keep close to the vest, but... Uh, there are no signs. You, you look at what Tom Cotton, the Arkansas senator, a close ally, I should say, sure. of, of Donald Trump's, a former, I believe, member. If he wasn't a member of the Freedom Caucus in the House, uh, he's certainly more aligned with the more conservative wing of the party in the House. Uh, he he been, had been blasting the bill in the process, careful not to direct it towards Donald Trump, but toward the right. House leadership, Paul Ryan, those sort of things. Uh, he did that late last week and then reiterated that those uh, criticisms 
on Sunday on ABC's uh, with on ABC with George Stephanopoulos, and really I think made an argument that it this yes this is bad this process is bad uh, the bill as it is is really kind of a Obamacare light and doesn't mm-hmm. really change anything or make things better but he also made the kind of craven argument that maybe elected officials would want to listen to which is you vote for this in the House even if it doesn't pass the Senate even if it changes in the Senate. Uh, and this is going to be used against Republicans, and Republicans could lose their majority right. in 2018. That, again, seems like a message, just like his ones late last week were, a message not just to the Republicans in the House, uh, not just to leadership, but to the White House as well, to say, listen, Donald Trump, you might lose the House majority if you push right. this through. So do you think that it's possible that the Republicans could, I've been told for, you know, I don't know, two or three cycles now that, oh, based on the math, whatever, just can't happen. Republicans got a lock. Uh, yes, it is possible. Of course it's possible. And it doesn't mean necessarily it's likely or there's even really a way to know that. I mean, at this point, it, it's unknowable. There's so many things that haven't happened yet that could or could not happen. Uh, I'm just thinking back to what it was like in 2010 uh, when I had first started covering uh, Congress and this uh, feeling that sort of it started off slowly. It didn't get really get going until like the summer of 2010 that Democrats were in real trouble. And why were they in real trouble? Because there were there were essentially three bills. There were there was the stimulus vote. There was the Obamacare vote and there was cap and trade. And so those three votes, uh, you know, taken even individually, you might not have thought that's enough to lose Democrats the majority. uh, But taken all together and all the context and all the controversy surrounding that was enough. And so maybe Tom Cotton's seeing something on the horizon that that others aren't. Or maybe he's just being alarmist. He doesn't like this. But uh, but it, it was notable. And I don't hear the White House trying to really push back on that. So give me an example of something that a president might do at this point. I mean, are you looking for like a big speech or a, a rally in a key swing district, something like that? Uh, well, I guess uh, the president is going to Nashville on Wednesday to in part sell this, mm-hmm. I suppose, or maybe something else. It's not clear. Maybe the president ought to be calling up members himself. Um, this this uh, this president doesn't really seem to enjoy that part of being president. Uh, Michael Warren, <laughs> the guy took people bowling. What, right. Once you do bowling, what else is there? That's a very good point. Once you have people wearing strangers' shoes and drinking right. beer in your basement, I I think you've capped out on the amount of LBJ style arm twisting you can do. That's a good point. Uh, no, but, <laughs> but this, I mean, this is, a, and this is interesting. This is a very similar parallel to President Obama. Mm-hmm. I would say there are, they have, they have both have a similar problem, which is they don't really like this part of the job, which is the arm twisting. Uh, Mike Pence has a really good relationships on Capitol Hill. Supposedly, he's was always supposed to be, and and will continue to be somebody reaching out. To Capitol Hill, but um, you know the president really should be calling these members up. Really should be saying, making the point not just in public, not just in tweets, saying that everything's fine, mm-hmm. but saying, listen, this is this is the plan. This is the best plan for us, and making that case. Or he could be re uh, rejiggering in his own mind what the strategy should be, and maybe pull back. But mm-hmm. some of the words and. And actions of the White House over the last week suggest there's they're nowhere close to doing that. Now this is kind of an erratic president, an erratic White House, so maybe they'll they'll turn tail or or, or change their minds uh, on a dime, uh, it, particularly if things keep going the way they're going. One last question: uh, Have you noticed this kind of pattern when it comes to things Trump, where at some point conservatives are told it's a binary choice? Look, it doesn't matter that Trump's not a conservative. It's a binary choice. Him or Hillary, period. Throw out your integrity. Vote. 
It's a binary choice. Doesn't matter if this is Obamacare 2.0. Doesn't matter if it spends a bunch of money. Doesn't matter that it institutes the liberal vision, which is that every citizen is entitled to have somebody else pay for their health insurance. It's a binary choice. And does do you think that that argument will work as well with Capitol Hill Republicans as it did with? general election voters in November. Right, or, or Republican primary voters for that right. matter. I don't know. I mean, this is this is kind of the byproduct of uh, of kind of the partisan mind, right? You sort of figure, well, there are two major parties, and we've got to make one decision or another. But it's actually, it's just not true, actually. I mean, uh, there are other plans. There are other proposals, other ideas. Um, I would say the White House, they told me this last week, Sean Spicer did when I, I pressed about, why not break this whole idea up into different parts? Right. They say, uh, he said, well, these are the rules of the Senate. It's reconciliation. We have to pass uh, these things through on a budget resolution and get all these uh, sort of arcane Senate rules and stuff. And I mean, that just strikes me as as false or sort of it's it's a it's true if you will it and believe it to be true. Um, <laughs> but there are other ways, you know, the Medicaid uh, reform that's in the bill. I think there is not a conservative health care policy expert. Uh, maybe some libertarians, but certainly not conservative healthcare policy experts who think that that's a bad idea. Why not break that off in, into something else where you can get a lot of support uh, and actually do some good for Medicaid? Um, but but the, the, again, there seems to be no interest in doing that, and they've sort of willfully deluded themselves into thinking it is this is the only way. Uh, it's like they've gone too far down the road, uh, and and they don't realize that they don't even have to turn back and double back. There's there are exit ramps on either side that they can go uh, to greener paths. And if you'd go to weeklystandard.com and the podcast page and check out Bill Crystal's latest edition of the Crystal Clear podcast, he makes that exact point. Great mind. Just, <laughs> no, he did not me- tell me to say that. <laughs> the, but the, no, the Medicaid part is just right there. You could, as Crystal pointed out, you could take that, announce, we are killing Obamacare because Obamacare really just put a bunch of people on right, Medicaid. Right. I mean, there's some other stuff too, but at the guts of it, that's what it was. This is Obamacare. Whack. I killed it. We save Medicaid. The states now control it. All those good things happen. And then you can come back in six months or three, whatever, and do other stuff. And so that opportunity exists. The question is, if the president's not going to lead and Paul Ryan insists on this, who's going to fight that way forward? And I don't know that a single senator... Rand Paul, Tom Cotton, I don't know that a handful of congressmen, the Freedom Caucus, can drive the truck. You know what I mean? The truck has a wheel, a steering wheel. Somewhere, someone's going to hold the wheel. And I, it's hard to drive from the back. Right, right. But a single senator in particular can pull the gas hose and uh, and uh, <laughs> or, 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 or pull the emergency brake, maybe, yeah, is the better yeah. metaphor. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it shows you my 18-wheeler driving friend here, Michael Warren. Mike, thanks so much for joining us for the podcast. Thanks, Michael. You've been listening to the Weekly Standard Podcast, which you can find at weeklystandard.com slash podcast. A better idea? Subscribe at iTunes. Just go to iTunes and search Weekly Standard. Subscribe. You'll never miss another episode, including our regular visits with Bill Crystal in the Crystal Clear podcast. Thanks again for listening. I'm your host, Michael Graham.